You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Tonight, we have a very furniture-centric show. First, we've got the guy who designed a chair, and later, we got the guy who sat in it. So, it's the full Star Trek chair experience all in one. It's 7 p.m., and you're with us, so it must be time for Mission Log Live. I'm Norman Lau. And I'm Holly Amos. Tonight, it's our last show covering Star Trek Picard Season 3, and we have some incredible guests for you. So if you want to grab your spot in line in their old green room, you can click on the Zoom link, or you can give us a ring using the one tap from your smartphone, or you can call us at 669-900-6833, enter the meeting code and password you see in the show notes. So as our callers are probably very quickly getting in line to get into the Earl Groom chat, we're going to talk a little bit about some homekeeping here, what's going on with Mission Log this week, because we have a, a couple of great shows for you. Uh, on Thursday for the regular Mission Log drop, we have Unity. It's the Voyager episode where Chakotay engages with the Borg. Kind of. Kind of. So yeah. kind of. But John and I were very, actually very proud of that show. So uh, listen, stay tuned, and uh, hopefully uh, you will enjoy it as much as we prepared it for you. And on Tuesday, speaking of prepared, in a very special show, on Tuesday, May 9th, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this show tonight, if you're watching this show, Mission Log Prodigy drops our very special unboxing episode for the Playmates Prodigy Wave 1 action figures. So Char, Earl, and I had this incredible time geeking out over action figures, tearing open the packaging fawning all over Mur- Murph and Dow and and uh, and Gwen and Jankum and Zero. I wish we had Hologram Janeway and Rock. We'll get to them, but please stay tuned for that episode to drop because it's fantastic. Earl has a couple of special things in store for you. You're going to want to watch that and subscribe to our feed there at youtube.roddenberry.com. Make sure you look for the Prodigy feed and all the shows there. Subscribe to all the shows at uh, that channel and... um we thank you for that because it helps us with the algorithm when you're looking for shows. And with that, I, I tried to do that all in one breath, and it was pretty unsuccessful, as you could tell. But we have a double-packed feature show for you tonight. We're going to jump right into our first guest. I want to say hi to everyone first in the chat. I don't want to you know, ignore our chat. Uh, and uh, Holly, your dad was first, by the way, again. Uh, hi, Dad. <laughs> so, and uh, I just, I didn't want to completely gloss over holly here because holly's here for our final show um are you excited i'm excited yeah yeah i'm wearing my chicago shirt guys can you Somebody explain was... that for us by the way just to show my chicago shirt yeah mission chicago right. the show that was last year in chicago but it's this chicago deep dish and chicago hot dogs okay so for the main hole you have a deep dish pizza for the secondary hole you have a half a cheesesteak sandwich and for nacelles hot of course dogs? you have Hot dog. So I just know. thought it was clever. It was a cute little design that they had at the show. So I got it and wearing it, wearing it for good old Todd. Love it. So we're going <laughs> to get to our special guest, that special guest in the second half of the show. But we have our very first special guest here that we want to get to right away as the chat lines up. So um, very special friend here for Mission Log. And we are so thankful that you can be here for us on the show tonight. We have production designer for Picard's uh, what seasons? Two and One, three. Two and three. Two and three. Mm-hmm. Dave Blass. Hey, Yay. Dave. Thank you very much for having me. Excited welcome, to be here welcome, welcome. Great to have you here. Um, I know this is like, this sounds very like Hollywood kind of podcast, but could you tell the viewers tonight what you're wearing? 
first of all. Uh, oh, uh, well, Todd's on tonight, so I'm sporting my, my Titan outfit and Titan cap. So, uh, you know, you got to pay homage to the captain himself. So, uh, you know, a little swag, you know. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, well, thanks. Thanks. I mean, I know you're busy. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us. I'm sure that uh, all of the chat and all of our callers that are lined up have a lot of questions for you. Uh, but uh, this is a theme that we were doing like last week with uh, a lot of our listeners and a lot of the fans. And it's kind of like just a general thing of kind of like taking a step back and looking at Picard and where we're at right now. And I just wanted to ask you one one question to start everything off. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, I think Warren Beatty said at best. He's like, when you're when you're putting together a, a, a project or a show, it's it's kind of like throwing up, and it's like <laughs> it's, it's the build up, and and it's and you know it's going to be messy, you know, but you just got to get it out there, and then once it's out there, you kind of feel better, but then it's over, and and you know you just have this weird kind of feeling. So, uh, did he really say that? Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's what 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 doing a show, uh, doing a movie's like. Uh, and he's like, yeah, it's just it's messy. It's it's never it's never the way never the way you imagine it. But um, fascinating fellow. But uh, but yeah, it's weird because um, you know uh, this is the first time going back to you know the uh, the Enterprise and the, that era where twenty two episodes or twenty episodes of a Star Trek show were shot back to back. Uh, so it's like, you know, it's been Discovery and, and Strange New Worlds and everything doing 10 episodes or 13 episodes. But, you know, we did actually 20 episodes, one right after another. So it was a, a crazy whirlwind in the middle of a pandemic. And then it's over. And then you're 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 kind of getting your uh, your payoff in in a, a bit of a delayed reaction because we had season two. And then yeah, and then, and you guys had to wait. A, you got a lot of you had to keep that a secret for a long time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, well, that, and that's the thing. You're sitting there going, you know, uh, the the my, the funniest thing I that for me was, I'm like, you guys, there's gonna be a payoff to this carpet, you know, debacle. They, you know, everyone's complaining about the carpet. The carpet. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting on this joke for literally almost a year, and I'm like, you know, because people don't realize the the timing of it. It's like, yeah, no, that Picard joke. I, you know, I missed the carpet. Was written, recorded, done in the can before season two came out. So it's like, you know, that what we knew the joke. We knew that, you know, and we knew what fans were into. So uh, it's just kind of funny. But the fact that all the the secrets kept as long as they did was pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, there there, there was like cameo after cameo and Easter egg after Easter mm-hmm. egg. But let's go like all the way back to like when you say had your first couple of like production breakdown meetings with Terry. The tone of the show is changing a little bit. You're focusing on like Doug Drexler. You know, he loves kind of like soft spoiling things on Facebook. He's like, you love starships. You're going to love this season. You know, if you love mm-hmm. L cars, you're going to love this season. And uh, he was mentioning that, uh, you know, at one of our kind of like pre season three shows when we had him on uh, a couple of weeks before we started this main show. And was that kind of like the tone of the meeting when you guys first started breaking down like production assets and things you needed to design for Picard? Like, okay, we got to kind of think about it in this future TNG kind of way. Not really, because I, it was, again, it, 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 it's just bizarre, like, trying to explain to people. It's like, we're, I'm going from one meeting where we're talking about Borg running around in the cellar of Chateau Picard oh, yeah. to a meeting about the Titan. 
And it's like, it's, it's happening uh-huh. the same thing. So it's like, I am literally doing season two at the same time as season three. And, uh-huh. and, and, and it's like, so it wasn't, it was like a, and, and, you know, and that's the other thing is the, um, the stargazer wasn't even a thing yet. So we're still finishing building the stargazer and it's already, we're not even done with, you know, putting the paint on it and it's just become the Titan. So it's like, we're like, okay, uh, okay, it's going to change the name, whatever, but we still have to finish this because we hadn't even shot it. So we were still trying to figure out how to do season two stuff. And we knew that, you know, Friday, we're finishing season two. Monday, we started sing- starting season three. So that was the, you know, we're still trying to figure out how we get the graphics on all these cool monitors and, you know, w- what's out the back window and how is this going to work and doing this. And then at the same time, we're barely getting that done. And it's like, okay, now let's change all of the graphics because now it's not this the Stargazer, it's the Titan. So get ready to have a second set of everything to go up and change in a very short amount of time and figure out all the, you know, the deck plans and all that stuff that, you know, they had years to do on TNG. We had weeks to do mm-hmm. uh, for season three. So in terms of like building the sick bay and the and all the other fun stuff. One of our, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Holly. I was going to ask him if he had a, if if you had a hard time keeping everything straight at any point. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's constantly. I mean, it's like, (laughs) and and, and you're, and you're sitting there and you're going and it's, it's, it's a constant evolving thing because, you know, then we get into, uh, you know, like the whole district six thing. And that was a a big exterior set that we did. And we, it was, uh, if you've ever seen the movie American sniper, it's turning the American sniper Iraqi village into a few a futuristic town square and uh and that was you know a challenge because uh, obviously that's out on location so it's you know leaving the studio going out and checking on that and and doing all that stuff so it, again it's all happening one on top of another on top of another so yeah it's i uh, and that's always always the thing if you you run out of uh bandwidth or stage space or whatever to you know you're trying to put as many things into the the, the studio as possible and you're like well I, where are we going to put, you know, we need a new thing, but where does it go? And, you know, so it's always a, it's always a challenge. How do you keep like, like departments from crossing over and, you know, making sure that everything's so streamlined. I mean, who is that eventually up to, and, you know, in production? Uh, uh, It, it, it's the art directors kind of, and again, it's a little bit of everything, but you end up having everyone on set. I mean, we had uh, famously the, there was a the table that Shaw climbs into and 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 takes part in the cells and he's in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that had every single department in it. So at one point we're you know there's uh, I think Liz posted the photo. There's like nine people like cramming into that one little table to adjust their stuff to tre- get it done by tomorrow because the special effects had it on a rig that raised and lowered it. The props guys had cable that they were doing the, you know, the lighting guys were trying to put lights in so you could see Todd's face. And it was a, a, a unique thing, but that, you know, that's just pretty standard for the, for the industry. I remember um, when, when you came in and came up on stage with us in Star Trek, Las Vegas, you were carrying a very specific kind of like a, a, a single bottle, like wine carrier, you know, yes. and then you dropped it and it was kind of like a, like a fishnet and it kind of like, you know, it turned into like a flat mat with a bottle of Chateau Picard. Was that the same prop that Picard used when yes. he gave that bottle to Shaw? Yeah, that, that was the, the Picard Shaw bottle. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, nice touch, Dave. Nice touch. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we have yeah, about, uh, Picard oh, also sorry, brought this. Picard brought the same one to Rafi in season two as well. Mm. In season, uh, in season one. No, in season he, one. Yeah, when she's yeah. out in the desert. Yeah, out in the desert. Yeah, at Vasquez Rocks. Yeah. Um, we have about one or two more questions here that we can get to Dave, and then I'd like to start opening up the callers because I'm sure the callers are like Norm. Um, please get off because we want to talk to Dave too. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a billion questions to ask you, but. I'm sure we can get to those later. Uh, one last question I would like to ask you, Dave. Um, so was there a ceremony when the Enterprise D was finished and then finally unveiled for everybody? Because it was it one of those momentous occasions where everyone's like, you know, like a bottle of champagne was broken and everyone like shed tears. I mean, was it like that? No, it was me freaking out at the 18, 18 million people taking selfies on it. Going, okay, uh. <laughs> one more thing I can't control. But uh, no, it was, I mean, it, w- it was kind of one of those things that the, uh, I wish it was more of that thing where it was kind of cordoned off in a, a corner. But it's right in the middle of the soundstage and the offices and people are, you know, the doors are open. The people are walking by going, ooh, look at that, and, and walking in. Um, the only time we that we had s- something of a of a thing was the first day that the, uh, the actors then, uh, came in. And yeah. uh, they had a little bit, but that was right before they were going to shoot their scene. They were brought in. So, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, there was never, it, because everyone's working on it in every department. It's, uh, you know, the, the playback guys are in there, the lighting guys are in the camera. And, you know, it's been going on for, for months. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it's, it was, it was not a, like a, a secret that was uh, hidden. And then all of a sudden you reveal it because it really is a, a team effort of people who have to come together to bring, bring it and make it happen. Did you Very guys cool. have trouble sourcing anything in particular? So, I mean, cause that bridge is an entire rebuild. Uh, uh, the carpet was a big challenge. Uh, we <laughs> talked that about that because it was a uh, out of date 1980s. I'm sure you guys. Of- Spent a lot of time on the color specifically, yes. Yep. The, well, it was the color and the texture. Oh, uh, okay. So you get that. You, it has like a little dot pattern, mm-hmm. uh, but it was finding the right color with the right texture with the right height because it match has to match with the gray. Yeah. Uh, the fabric uh, for the chairs was another uh, unique one because there's like three different colors uh, on the captain's chairs that you have to blend together. So you get something that had the right texture but not the right color or the right sheen and but yeah it was a it was a unique challenge no well it it turned out great i'm sure you you saw my tweet where i made a comment about the carpet and then immediately after (laughs) picard said his line um yeah but the carpet is something that i've had to fixate on for stuff that i've worked on too so you guys did a really good job (laughs) yeah i mean the 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 paint work the uh we had an amazing scenic team and they did a beautiful job on the horseshoe uh, and they actually like matched the actual wood grain. Wood grain, yeah. From, from, so that was, you know, and it, incredibly hard to do. Uh, but that was something that you just you have some incredibly talented artisans who can do it. The carpet was just like that thing of going, well, here's a hundred color reds, but they're all wrong. Right. So, or you put it- them next to something and they'd be, you know. But it's also, I feel like it's impressive that not only did you guys get it so right, knowing that there was stu- it was full, fully from scratch and stuff was out of date, but also that you guys did it that quickly. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it was it was quick and and but again, we you know you just get used to it, and so you get uh, again as I said, we we got used to turning over 
uh, sets from one thing into another, changing them over. So it's something you do in in in, uh, in Hollywood. But yeah, the fact we were able to do that. I think the Stargazer took six months, whereas the the Enterprise took like two and a half. So wow, that's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Some comments here in the chat. Uh, the bridge was awesome. Thank you, Paul. And Jim McMahon says the job done to recreate the bridge was beyond top notch. And I think that, you know, it, it's it's that cast member that's never really talked about, but it's always there. And you always depend on the enterprise to be there for you and for the cast. So on, it had to be done. It had to be done impeccably and especially under high definition cameras, because yeah. you know that that's picking up prob- more than the original cameras probably ever did in, back in, you know, 87. Well, also you're getting and and uh, much talked about. Uh, people ta- said the stargazer in season two. They're like, "Oh my god, it's so big compared to the Enterprise D." And then all of a sudden, you get on the D with the wide angle lenses, mm-hmm. and you realize, "Oh, okay, it's actually not the bridge; it's the camera." And you know, you're going from a, a, a square frame to a you know to a wide screen thing, and it just makes everything look bigger. See, folks. So next time you want to watch the stargazer and make it look in scale, watch it four three. Then you'll feel fine about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We're going to jump to a couple callers here. Dave, thanks, callers, for being patient. We just wanted to, you know, get our little, you know, geekery questions in there before you guys do. So we're going to jump in with Paul Harvith. Paul, how are you? I'm good. Norman Holly, it's great to see you. Dave, what a pleasure to see you again. I saw you in the bridge last year carrying that prop, and I so wanted to snatch it out of your hand and (laughs) own something from Picard. So, um, we we managed to land a few things in the auction, so we're pretty happy there. My my question's about season two and the observatory, um, the place where Picard as a young child is running around. You know, it's all beat up. And then yeah, we the see, solarium we called it. Yeah, yeah, solarium. So was it beat up first, or was it built nice first, and then you beat it up? Fine, fine question. Um, it was it was uh, beat up first because the first really? uh, time we see it is when Picard walks in there and it's all beat up and broken. And then it really, it, it spins the logic world, which is, okay, when does it actually get nice? And you're like, it goes from beat up and destroyed in his present day. And then you go all the way back in time to our present day and it's beat up again. So it's only nice when he's a kid and it's been abandoned for a while. So uh, it was kind of a, a, a mind spinner there. Um, yeah, because we were like, wait, so wait, when do we see this? Then it's not beat up. And it's like, never really. And that, But it was like really the only time that it should be not beat up was when he comes in as a kid. But that's the time that they specifically said, oh, it's all covered in vines. And it's like, wait, oh. Okay, uh, but then we th- yeah we see it we see it and then it progressively gets nicer. But then we uh, put a mural on it and such. So you did that. So you you started it beat up and then it got progressively nicer as as you worked it, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I would think that you'd film all of it and that you can in one and then the other. But I oh, guess oh no, we go and then we would go back and forth and back and forth. Uh, and that was a, it's always a unique challenge doing that. It's like when you, you know, the same thing with the Chateau, it's like you would think you would shoot all of the stuff with the Chateau being nice. Right. And then, and then beat it up, beat it up. And then, but it's like, no, in the finale, you know, the, uh, well, I mean, and again, we, we came back, if you look at the beginning of season three, the Chateau is all nice again. There's the scene with Loris and he gets the, 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 the uh, communicator call. Well, we had just completely destroyed it for all of season two. So we're like, oh, you got about two weeks to fix the chat. You know, and it's just that weird thing of, you know, people don't 
you know, and, and no one wants to hear me complain about it, but it's like, okay, yeah, coming to the end of season two, you know, the chateau's all beat up, the things, okay, well, we get a, we had to clean up the solarium for the final scene because Picard comes back with Loris and she's restored it. Uh, so, um, so then that, that's where they play that final scene. And it's like, oh, okay, because, and the reason why was the inside of the chateau wasn't finished yet. They're like, okay, we're going to do that. But we got to get the chateau done for the first scene of whatever. And they're like, oh, well, can't we do the, uh, well, let's shoot the Titan first. I'm like, I'm still doing all the graphics for the Titan. Two weeks, two days ago, the Titan was the stargazer. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, well, what about, uh, we'll do Beverly's ship, the Helios. I'm like, nope, uh, can't really that, do that. Uh, that's an oh, entirely what different ship. Yeah. What, what about, what, what about that? What about District Six? I'm like, oh, the pain, the pain. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, That's well, wild but, that you guys did it like it, almost in real time with the, with how the show unfolded. Yeah. That's yeah, insane. So we, yeah, That's so just if insane. You, if you look at the uh the uh the chateau in season 3, you only really see that one uh the living room that main library area because the the kitchen and the hallways and everything, uh was, wasn't restored yet. So. Oh, no, I'm in his study. Yeah. Dave logged yeah. on was like, "You have a nice living room." Wait, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. I've been here before. That's Never been to your here. house, but I know your house. Right? <laughs> I've seen this before somewhere. So that leads me into what was going to be my last question. I wanted to ask you, um, what what is the Easter egg, the secret missing thing, or something that's out of place that shows up in the video that? you know about but nobody else knows about and they'll really have to look close and you know we got this really nice little crowd here so those who listen here will know but nobody else has to know oh is really there, is there anything that you remember that said man i left that there and i should have moved it uh not to my knowledge no Ooh. oh so we gotta start looking for you <laughs> wait, wait 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 is there is there something that was made it into the show that i didn't want to make it into the show no not on purpose let's say if you you had you know you had you dirtied it up and then you had to clean it up and then you have to dirty it up again how do you know you do it the exact same way oh right? we we take photos we do it i mean there, there's always something that slips through the the cracks i think i remember seeing in uh one of the in one of the shots the uh you know, there's like, you know, and our our friend uh, Jorg will always point out, oh, look, there's the thing. And I'm like, yeah, OK, dude, I, I, I get it. I messed up on the thing. But it's like I, the one that I think it really gets me was the Bajoran tablet, uh, that Cisco's tablet. And they did like a promo piece. And I had set up the whole room and, and made it look pretty. And then I went to go solve eight million other problems. So I wasn't there when they did the slow pan across the tablet. I'm like, and then I see the piece and I'm like, oh my God, that's good. The fans are going to go crazy over that. Cause I mean, it was just complete red and everyone, oh my God, the Bajoran thing, thing, thing and they're going to bring back Cisco. And they're going to, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and literally when they were shooting it, they had no idea. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, uh, I just want to thank you for your work. And I want to tell you that, um, the, the, it has to be my last last thing. The the study where Laris has her the talk with Picard mm-hmm. in season two is one of our one of our favorite. Just uh, you know, I love the actors, I love the the clothes, the 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 setting. That that study was is just amazing, and the it has its own feel to it. I so want a room like that, like Holly has uh, behind her. Only uh, yeah, that that. <laughs> I, it was such an amazing set, and I, the, the 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 thing that kills me it, it was two stories, 
and we only really you you kind of like in one shot see, oh, see the hyperway, but it was like a whole nother level that you get up with the spiral staircase and and like there was all books and eight million Easter eggs and all these things up on the second level too uh, that we just never saw. I, I really need that room now with all of our extra books. So yeah. I'm going to pass it on to uh, one of our great, great callers. I want to thank everybody <laughs> here. And uh, thank you for, for your time, Dave. And uh, Holly and Norman, we'll see you guys down the line. Thank you, Thanks, Paul. Paul. Glad to have you here with us. Uh, before we get to Alan, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a break here um, because, uh, and, and Dave, we want to make sure that uh, we get a, a lot of our callers in to ask you more questions, but uh, you're more than welcome to stay with us after the break. Uh, we're just going to do a little bit of ad here and uh, talk about what's coming up with Mission Log. And we're going to get right back into the callers and with uh, someone that you may know, someone that maybe a lot of people here may know. So hang on for one second. Um, and one of the things that I just wanted to let everyone know that you know that Mission Log is wrapping up our coverage of Picard. But we're not wrapping up Mission Log Live, and we're going to be back in the next couple of weeks because we're going to be starting our discussions for Strange New Worlds. So on Discord, if you're part of our Discord community and if you subscribe to us on Patreon, one of the things we do there is we have we have these live chats uh, where we talk about different topics. You know, in Discord, we talk about, obviously, Picard. You know, we talk about uh, Strange New Worlds as a live chat show, and that has been spearheaded by one of our members and very good friend to our show here. And, you know, Heather is in the chat. So say hi, Heather, if you're out there and um, maybe like, you know, tell them a little bit about the show in chat. But the show does talk about Strange New Worlds as a recap, and we're going like right into Spock Amok this week on Wednesday. So, uh Stay tuned uh, to Mission Log, uh, either on Facebook or Twitter, or on all your social media feeds, uh, and uh, we will let you know exactly like when uh, all of our Strange New Worlds content is going to be coming up, the live chat, and how you can participate. And please make sure that you subscribe to us. You know, if this content is you know meaningful for you at Patreon.com/MissionLog, it only costs you as much as a dollar a month to join our Discord. We would love to have you there. And we would love to hear what you think about Strange New Worlds and what you expect from the new season coming up sometime here in mid-July, July 15th, I believe. June? So, I'm sorry, June 15th. June, June 15th. like, yeah, mm, mm, sooner than the, July. Thank you. This is, and this is why Holly's here, because she <laughs> keeps me on my toes, because obviously I can't remember dates. Um, yes, the Mission well, Log Live will be back on uh, June 12th, June right 12th. before the premiere. So I'll have, mm-hmm. you guys will have a little bit of a preview. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that people in chat are like, no, Norm, no, Norm. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That is my uh, my short spiel on Mission Log Discord and Patreon, because we have, again, we have two guest stars with us now. We still have Dave Blast with us, but I also would like to introduce someone to the show. And I've been waiting a long time to say this. Uh, I'm going to take all the credit for it. I'm going to give Earl a little bit of the blame for this. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man who brought the 25th century's favorite dip from Chicago to life, Captain Liam Shaw himself, Mr. Todd Stashwick. Welcome to the show, Todd. So good to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Uh, so this is your first time with us, and uh, this is the live show, and we're going to probably get some comments in here from the chat. Uh, we have Alan here, but... Uh, before we uh, get Alan in as a caller, I'm sure that Holly and I have a few questions for you that we just uh, have been dying to ask you. Um, I bring it start. on. Bring it on. All right. So that's that's the Holly uh, attitude. So bring it on. Holly, if you have any questions, if not, I have one for Todd. I've been dying to ask you. Him. You not go. The you go. Part. You go. Okay. If you have a question, a, di- a dire question. Well, something that um, 
Todd, you're very active on social media. And I think that ever since we were introduced to Captain Shaw, this is a character in the span of, say, 10 episodes has gone from probably one of the most disliked to one of the most beloved and probably one of the most redeemed in such a short time span. How did you... I know how that, did you do that? How did you do that? Like, how, I mean, you know, we, we know the answer, but how did you respond to all of the roller coaster of emotion that was the responses of fans and social media? How did I respond? Um, it Well, it tickled me. It, you know, it, it, like uh, something you don't necessarily, you can't anticipate. You know, I showed up to work a year and change ago and shot for six months and then it gets launched out into the digital stratosphere and and then suddenly you you start seeing the feedback and and as far as like the kind of the arc of like we hated him we loved him well that was kind of built into the structure of the of the show right like he starts out pretty uh pretty acerbic and and poking at the eyes of the legends and so people don't like having their legends eyes poked and and then uh slowly but surely i mean i knew where it was going so it was kind of fun to watch like to to know that we would be turning the page on this guy uh week after week and revealing a little bit more and i knew somewhat by uh by episode four when we kind of dropped the Wolf 359 bomb that uh, people would at the very least kind of grok why he is who he is um, but in terms of the the, uh, the 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 memes and the uh, and the feedback and the the conversation it, it, it's certainly super humbling and it was certainly uh, it just tickles me it tickles me you you brought up the wolf that's the other question I had for you you brought up the uh-huh. wolf 359 speed so are you a Jaws fan yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so hey, look at all the toys behind him. It looks like he's oh, a fan oh, of everything. Ridiculous. <laughs> a lot of people oh, in the chat are like way, mentioning the way, toys. <laughs> uh, so the other day, here's a little fun story. The other day, uh, I was invited by a friend of mine uh, who who is uh, deeply involved with Brit Week. Um, his name is Nigel Daly. He's like, you must come to the coronation party in Santa Monica. Sir Patrick's going to be there. I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll come say hi to Patrick. And so I drove down to Santa Monica. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm ushered out. Uh, they're like, well, we'll greet him at the car. And I'm like, sounds great. So uh, so I'm there, and I'm there with this woman, uh, Deborah. And and Nigel introduces me to Deborah. He goes, oh, this is uh, – her father is a very famous actor who uh, most known for his role as uh, Quint in Jaws. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm about to meet Patrick with the woman who my character was named – after and that was completely serendipitous uh and i was i just had to tell her it, it, it tickled me i mean were you channeling quint in that scene <laughs> uh n- n- no uh no i mean i i was playing shaw like i was playing the character that was uh uh on the paper for me and his personal experiences obviously the verisimilitude with shaw is is the i mean he was that speech and that character was kind of the inspiration for his name. Obviously, we well we couldn't have called him Quint because it would have been a little too on the nose. But hmm. uh, that that character that that speech was the inspiration for the character. But um, channeling uh, Robert Shaw, no, I, I mean the man is iconic, and uh, I wasn't even going to attempt to try and duplicate his performance. And it was more the spirit of the. 
of the, you know, the dark, uh, intimate scene that slowly you go from this sort of buoyant scene with Patrick and, and Ed sharing, uh, stories and then it turns dark and that's sort of the same shape of the scene in Jaws. Uh, while they're comparing war stories scars and then, yeah and yeah. then it, it and then it it turns so i think that's about where the comparison ends in terms of structurally and uh thematically here's a man who was hiding a very deep wound and it kind of all comes spilling out in a bit of an intoxicated moment uh amongst his peers yeah yeah, it was a great, it was a great scene. There's a lot of people in the chat that are praising you. Todd nailed it. So and kind, um, so kind. some, some other uh, people, somebody's asking actually who your favorite captain is. Uh, a Kirk. That's the one that mm -hmm. I started with. I, I mean, I was six when I got my first uh, Kirk action figure. So I, you know, I, I always connected to him because that's what I understood of Star Trek. I started watching in 1974. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he and then Wrath of Khan and the Motion Picture, Undiscovered Country, uh, Voyage Home. Like, so Kirk always, when, when someone says Star Trek to me, immediately I think of the yellow shirt and I think of, uh, it's my ship. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what comes to mind first. Uh, that being said, I've, I've obviously seen more episodes of, of Next Gen than I saw of, of the original series. And the Next Gen was uh, appointment television for me just after I was a young actorling in Chicago. Um, cause that was early nineties. Uh, I would come home from bartending at Second City to to watch uh, episodes of Next Gen first run because, you know, unless we videotaped it, we may have videotaped it. Remember videotaped it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we have to videotape it if you left the house, especially like the end of Deep Space Nine when it started getting oh, serialized. So crazy. <laughs> we're going to jump into Alan. Sorry, Alan. I know that we're keeping you on the string here. Um, but one thing, though, is we still have Dave with us. And your very first scene, Todd, was with Captain Shaw eating a blue steak. Dave, do you have anything to do with that? Setting the setting the meal, you know, setting the table for that first, you know, legendary meeting between Shaw and Picard. Uh, I had, yeah, we had to build it. We had to turn the Lost Serena into Shaw's uh, mess in a very short amount of time. We're like, uh, where the hell do we put like a dining thing? And and uh, and then it was just like we, the the. The nerd stuff that you think you're like, I wonder if they like sit around and, like talk. And yes, we figure it out. We we have these discussions about what kind of food, what's it going to look like? Is it going to be blue? What kind of alien would that be that it's blue? And is it bad? Or are we are we saying he's eating Orion? And no, he can't do that. Like what? And and then we have the these deep dives into like what could it be and what do you put next to it and and um, yeah, that that's was that and, say. And, yeah, and well, it was the whole thing, and then it was like, oh wait, it, is it coming from from a re replicator? And no, his Shaw would be like old school, and he has like a, a so there was gonna be like a carving chef next to him, and we had that all set up at one point. And, yeah, space meat. Yeah, yeah. space meat. That's yeah, a thing. That, fans want to actually know. even get to play off later on because it's the cook that is then uh, do, uh, taking over the. He's like, I'm just a cook, and it's like, yeah, there's a cook because Shaw had to have his special. Dinner, like, you know, that's the guy that made the blue steak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ties together. It's also the first beat of uh, throwing shade on Chateau Picard, which yeah. then becomes a runner through the whole season. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, but that's why it's always funny to me to hear other like Star Trek professionals talking about like what they like the com- conversations that they had because they're so ridiculous and fun. And it's like at some point you're like, I can't believe that I this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> The levels, you know, they, they extend. I mean, if you're a fan, the levels of your fandom are going to extend into, you know, hopefully inform like what you're doing there. That's fantastic. And I, you got, I, I was this year's old today that made the connection with the chef. The chef the is steak. the one so that made thank the blue steak. You, thank you, yeah. gentlemen. That, that made my evening. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to make Alan's evening. Sorry, Alan. Alan uh, is our next caller. Alan, welcome. And uh, say hello to Dave and to Todd. <laughs> my God. I mean, you know, I, I will wait for however long it takes to get stories like that, because that's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, for anyone who wants to know the uh, the value of calling in, it's being a fly on the wall for all of that. <laughs> in so, the green room. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, just, guys, I, I, I want to say that, you know, I'm, I have such appreciation for what for what you guys did on um on the show, especially this season, Dave, thank you for all of this. <laughs> and uh, Todd, uh, Norman, you you uh, you cracked the the seal earlier. So no, Todd, I may be merely a dip from Schaumburg. You, but you're, you're, where, where in Schaumburg? Where do you live? <laughs> I uh, I was I'm down on the Hanover Park side. I dude, I grew up in Hanover Park. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up on Brockton Court North off of Lori Lane. Nice. Yeah. I, Trademan I almost, Cinema was my cinema. Yep. Come on. Yeah, I, I I'm near <laughs> I'm near uh, Wise and Springscoot. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's so that was the so we would take we would take a uh, uh, Spring and Scooth Wise Road. We would take that Schomburg Road to go to Moondog yep. Comics and the Hobbyist, which is road <laughs> Dude, by the Moondogs. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. keep going. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm loving I, this. I grew up. I grew up in Hanover Park. I grew up <laughs> nice. in Hanover Park. I I worked at the Seville. That was yep. my first job as a uh, a bus boy. Nice. Uh, we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I we had our. Wood, uh, our I worked at Woodfield five through nine at the movie theaters inside the mall. In the inside theaters, oh yeah. my god! I worked the premiere of Batman in eighty nine. Oh, wow, yeah, no, <laughs> I might have been there that night. <laughs> I, uh, I am a, uh, I am a hundred percent the dip from Chicago, as stated in. Uh, oh, that is amazing! On screen, that yeah. is the, the uh, my mind is yep, further blown. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I mean, I still, I still go back. Like, like I go back to Huntley. My mom lives in Huntley now, and so yep. I just, I just was back for GaryCon, which in Lake Geneva, the big D and D convention. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna say too that, uh, you know, to be, to be, you know, perfectly honest, prior to Picard, my first uh, uh, touch point for you has been d d stuff so it's yeah it's always crazy not fiddler on the roof at hoffman estates high school well you know i was a saxon todd what can i say i went to adams do you go to adams i did go to jane adams shut up oh my god right down the street yep right next to st marceline's yep and at your pool yeah oh goodness come on <laughs> this, is the, this is the best show ever by the way <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> 
Well, that's actually funny because that's uh, how Terry and I first met uh, in the interview. We started uh, talking. Pool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we all we we the the same. We, we both went to the uh, the same college together, and then I'm like, "Oh, did you have this teacher?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're still friends." And th- and, and then that's how we actually uh, really connected. By it turned out we knew all that the same nuts. people. Yeah. Wow, hey, Alan, uh, you went to what year did you graduate, uh, Schaumburg? Ninety six. Okay, so I'm just I'm I'm a little older, but uh, <laughs> like by a decade. But don't oh, worry wow. about that. Yeah. I graduated I was the I was the Stranger Things kid playing D and D in seventy nine and uh, and eighty, riding my BMX bike in, in Hanover Park, Illinois. Todd, so you, were Hellfire, you, you were Hellfire Club then. I was Hellfire Club. Todd, did you see the the D and D movie? I did. I did. Did you like it? I did. It was fun. Yeah, it's, I don't even play D anD D, and I thought it was delightful. All right, well, I've heard nothing but great that, things Holly. about that. I've nothing I, but great things about that. I movie. have so many friends that play D anD D, and I just never got into it. But the, but I was like, I, this is it going to be approachable for some? And it was delightful. 100%, so hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really fun, really fun film. Hey, Anjali, I love being a fly on this wall too. Believe you me. <laughs> so, in the chat, yeah, this is fantastic. And you know, this is we're going to rename the episode Mission Log Six Degrees of Chicago. You know, six degrees of Chicago still. Alan, um, how's your heart right now? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Alan, you're a big D&D player, so uh, you're yeah. saying that you're, you're, what, your class right now is Bard or you're, you main a Bard? Well, uh, I've been a Bard. I've been, I've been a bunch of things. Uh, I just started... Uh, a spell. I just started a Spelljammer game, so D&D in space yeah. uh, as an artificer. And uh, my Bard character, we... Just kind of put that on pause and restarted, and I might be a warlock. We'll see. Nice little oh, necro. So, yeah. uh, uh, how about this? I started the D and D club at Jane Adams Junior High School. Nice. Yeah, I wish. There you go. I wish it had I still been there. <laughs> no, you can Wait. find out. Yeah. Find, what? Go ahead. Does it still exist? I but doubt. I, I mean, no maybe idea. there's another one, but this there. literally was eighty-one. Yeah. Alan, it wasn't there when you were there? Uh, as far as I know, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you really were the Strange Things guy. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no, I mean, literally Hellfire Club. I would go after school. We petitioned. And I remember we would we petitioned the AV uh, department. They wheeled in like a quarter-inch tape uh, where we watched Hawk the Slayer. As a, yes, as a, sir. As a collective yeah. uh, bunch of nerdlings. Yeah, it was fun. Here's... Greatest- Okay, I got a question. So, Todd, so talk slayer, better the greater weapon, the mind sword or the repeating crossbow? Well, I would say repeating crossbow. There you go. That's what I say. Because the, the mind sword's, a, you know, the mind. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Alan, repeating crossbow or mind sword? Well, you know, you, I, you know, who am I to, to disagree? Your call's longevity <laughs> depends on this answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, my artificer has a thing called a repeating so- crossbow, so I'm going with that. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Um. We're going to get to Brandon in a second. I'll just give you yeah. a, little, a little bit of time here to actually ask the Star Trek question maybe that you wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah, what was I going to say? What was I going to ask? Uh, <laughs> um, first of all, uh, well, just one little thing. One more little, one more little question. Do you remember ever going to a little, uh, little mini strip mall arcade over by the Long John Silvers on like 
I think it was right by. It was just games. Yep. Yeah. There you go. 100%. So, yeah, Star Trek question. You had me at Long John Silvers. Yeah. Well, that's good, too. Uh, I don't think that's there anymore. I was like, I don't think it's there anymore either. Nope. Was it off of it was off of Barrington, right? Uh it could be, yeah. Barrington yeah. and Schaumburg. Mm-hmm. Right you have a great that. memory for the old neighborhood. I mean, like a steel oh, trap. Yeah. This is, I mean, these are these are these are these, these are streets the are written bricks. in our blood. Yeah, no, these are these are the bricks that formed like who I am. And yes. you know, it's funny because you know I had this conversation with so many people. People, uh, you know, I get a lot of the uh, you, uh, you're a nerd, you're a nerd. I'm like, I think a lot of us, especially early like Gen X uh, actors in their late 40s, early 50s, we all we all had the same influences. We came up as Spielberg Lucas kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with D&D, with video games, you know, with arcades and all of that. And so all of those things were, were, were the D&D soil D&D. that, that yeah, the, the soil that fed uh, our, our, our collective imagination. So I'm probably not a rare thing being a nerd actor uh, i'm just loud (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well it's been awesome i will ask one serious on topic question sorry for derailing the show everybody no no, that was entertaining yeah no so the dude the big you know if i may speak in the words of our people there's uh there's your first officer Trixie. She brings these Jagoffs, Picard and Riker onto your onto your ship. They go into the bridge, they're in the front room, they take up the big chair. The front room. The front room. Yep. Oh my god. I didn't want to get too I didn't get I didn't want to get too technical. Monday, there. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know. They uh they broke a couple two tree laws. But two tree uh, laws, that's cr- oh Christ. Yeah. <laughs> But uh but yeah, uh your your big relationship uh arc this this season was with uh Jerry and, and Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. Um I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your uh process going through that, your uh what you saw as sort of like Shaw's journey with regards to with with Seven and how how you think it all played out. Yeah, I so you know it's it's funny because the the big topic that that many of the fans uh, dealt with, which was the dead naming of of seven oh nine, and that was a very uh, important uh, kind of social issue that that was highlighted in their relationship, and then obviously you see sort of where his 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 uh, pain and trauma comes from uh, in relationship to the Borg. So he sort of puts blinders on when it comes to her Borg nature because he actually, and which was revealed in, in the finale, he actually had tremendous respect for her. He had, uh, he, he, that's the reason he chose her as a first officer is, is she was able to externalize um, things that he, wasn't able to do himself like he needed a reckless person on the bridge to be that counterpoint to be that other voice uh he was a smart captain who goes it's not my way or the highway just because a lot of people like to paint him as by the book and 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 he is he is 
structure and procedure and like yeah because that keeps people alive i mean chain of command keeps people alive when you're in crisis situations because it, it lends clarity uh to crisis and so he knew that having an alternate view uh than his own makes for a good uh, a good first officer so that you don't have a yes person in that position. And he also understands that she's a courageous human. She is uh, she has been through trauma herself. Um, and so I think uh, whether he was able to overcome his own um, issues through the course of it, he always underneath it all had a tremendous amount of sp- respect for her even if he wasn't polite about it uh it wasn't like he was stuck with her he he chose her and that says something and so i do think i think they landed that um quite nicely uh i mean he was going to give her the promotion anyway uh prior to leaving for writing system and so i think in his dying breath when he finally gave her the respect that that was due he was going there anyway it's just his time was limited <laughs> now and uh he sort of yeah. skipped to he skipped to the end you had sort of an arc happen in moments in his dying breath and it's not like that his entire day was thrown off course like in the most major way Right. He just woke up, to, you know, he's like, I'm going to have my steak. And then these two guys show up and then all hell breaks loose. It's been a weird day. Yeah. It's been a, a weird, weird day. Week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> these things, these things happen in Starfleet. Well, Todd, again, thank you so much. It's been great reminiscing with you. And, Say hi uh, to your ma for me. Absolutely. My mom and dad. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're still there. <laughs> yeah, you but, go uh, to you have yourself a deep dish, have a great time. Maybe a Dr. Pepper or Mr. Pibb. It's good. <laughs> good stuff. Wait, is that a Chicago thing? Oh, Dr. Yeah. Pepper. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Pibb. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. They got yeah. bottomless root beer at Barnaby's. You got to check it out. <laughs> oh, Barnaby's God. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and you know, I uh, just, just as a side note, love Shaw. I have literally, these guys can attest to it, sung his praises on this show yeah. in previous weeks. I actually and... sent Todd a message about when you did that. That's very kind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'll let, I'll, I'll cede the floor to Brandon, but it's been a blast and have a good, have a good night, everybody. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Bye, Alan. Bye. See you, buddy. Bye. All righty. Um, all right, Brandon. Uh, Little glad, Brandon. Glad that you're here. Uh, in the Middle Earth. Yep. Not um, in Chicago, in the Middle Earth. Sean, oh, I can possibly uh, follow that. I have no idea. Uh, no, you, <laughs> you, you, bring, you bring your own A-game. He, A-game, he grew up in our A-game. guest room. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Showing off your uh, Tolkien fandom. Yeah. Right? And you always have. You've always been a Tolkien fan. Oh, yeah. I, I love having... I, I've got the good captain behind me. Um, but I... Uh, yeah, man, I... Uh, is there anybody here I can bond with over like the South Bay in California or something really quick? Or wait, when it, you mean South Bay, San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, so I, I live in a South <laughs> Bay, but I live in a South Bay of Los Angeles. I was so cold, oh. dude. I was Huntington Beach for a while, so sorry, bro. <laughs> Swing and a miss for me. <laughs> um, uh, I, I had a couple questions. Um, first one is just a small one for for Todd. Did you get to choose um, from whence Shaw was a dip? Or like, did did they say, "Hey, he's from somewhere. Where do you want it to be?" And you said, "Oh, uh, Chicago." Ter- ter- Terry wrote that in the script. Uh, I think as an homage, or you know, I mean, you can actually you can totally hear it when I say "commander." 
<laughs> Every time I say commander, it's uh, it's I like I hear my my Midwest roots come screaming at me. Um, no, Terry put that in there. Um, look, I've, I've spent my life just trying to be Bill Murray, and uh, uh, he uh, and so Terry often you know celebrates that uh, a little bit with me. Uh, so I think you know, and 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 Bill being a Chicago boy and a Second City boy, and me being a Chicago boy and a Second City boy, I think he just was like, you know what? Let's just lean into it. My dad fixed machines for a living. He was, you know, name stitched over the pocket first, uh, first, first to leave the house, last home, you know, and never complained about his job. Um, and so I, I tried to. My dad knew how to fix cars, and and he was a very tactile hands-on guy and so i tried to put a little bit of that into uh into shaw uh but uh no that was all terry's doing to make him a dip from chicago well that's cool (laughs) my my bigger question for 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 both dave and for todd um i had a screenwriter once tell me there are answers for even the questions that don't come up on screen um, is there an answer that you guys had to a question about your contribution to the story, to the fiction that exists for you, even though we never got to actually see it on screen? Something oh, a that- headcanon. Yeah, headcanon. Dave? Um, yes, there's an engine room, but you know, it, it's beautiful. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right here. <laughs> the engine room's gorgeous. Well, you see, you see the nacelle room, the nacelle shield yeah. room. Yeah. 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 And and Dave, you were talking about that a little earlier, how you had to basically build a set like around Todd or over Todd, and you had a bunch of people using levers. Yeah, and- uh, well, that little that table was quite the little conundrum, and then getting Todd into it, and and you know with this little uh, creeper uh, roller creeper to get in there and do the thing. So it was, uh, but yeah, it, it, everything was. Uh, you know, you get into the episodes and you you have a bunch of things put on top of each other, and then you're like, oh wait that one little space has to play as five things in the same episode. And then you're pulling your hair out. But uh, yeah, uh, the head cannon, uh, the uh, Edrum was amazing. Uh, and for me, I think I was, I literally was just talking about it, which is we never on screen knew that uh shot shows. I think it's assumed that a, that a captain chooses his first officer. Uh, and we've seen it on screen on discovery and the like uh, we watch it happen. Um, but I, I think a lot of people thought, um, I think a lot of people thought that uh, they were stuck with each other. That seven yeah. was assigned to the assigned. show. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, but I also think, it, it, I don't think that's how it works. I think, I mean, I think captains choose their first officer. That, 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 and like I said, we've watched, we watched Burnham do it. Um, so, uh, so that was something that, that I think, not necessarily headcanon, but it was an off screen thing that I understood that was never shown on screen. Or stated, I should say. Awesome. How much did you know about the whole storyline from the beginning? Was it sort of, hey, I got a little bit more as we went, or was it, here's everything? I knew all about the Wolf 359 stuff going in. Um, uh, So I knew that that was kind of his fundamental tragic, uh, for lack of better words, his tragic backstory. Um, I knew that, uh, and I knew, so therefore I, I knew how it could affect and um, color uh, the dinner scene, just like from the onset. Like, so I knew this about him. Um, 
and then a lot of stuff was 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 I I would find out you know a, a script or two in advance. Okay, yeah, so they didn't come in and say hey, you're Todd, dying on day yeah. one. No, they <laughs> yeah. didn't. We're gonna make them love, I mean, hate you, then love you, then kill you. You know what? I think Terry did say something to the effect of, oh, they're going to hate you and then they're going to love you. He sort of said that to me in terms of the fact that, you know, they ultimately make him a big damn hero. And so uh, I think... Uh, that was very Broncos sort of, of you right there. Yeah. He, and, and it's also very similar to uh, the kind of uh, structure of a role that I played on 12 Monkeys where I, I started out as an antagonist and then slowly turn it around so that he, he, he has uh, a, a hero's arc. Now, the funny thing, the difference I think with Shaw is uh, it wasn't a redemption arc. He didn't have a redemption arc. He was a good captain from the get-go. He had flaws and him coming to terms with his his disrespect of Shaw or of 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 Seven that had to that had to be addressed and had to be overcome but he didn't have to redeem himself he wasn't a bad guy he was just a, a, again if if somebody had come onto the enterprise and said uh you know Picard we're going to take your ship and your first officer is going to going to disobey a direct order and those two guys that are going to want to take your ship are going to steal a shuttle and really put your entire crew in danger what would Picard have said he would have said no um and yep. so it's just the fact that i did it in a very dismissive way and uh and it sort of flew in the face of their plans which is you know in my opinion really good storytelling you don't want anything easy you want the grit that makes the pearl but yep. uh yeah, so so we kind of knew people were going to bristle at him or delight in how bristly he was. Uh, you know, that's that's the other response that I've seen it get. Like, oh, I loved him giving them a what for. Well, I mean, it was such like I remember doing it in the second episode. It was such a contentious moment. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine and I said, OK, so imagine this. Imagine you sit down, you're going to have dinner, you know, with a friend or with your family. And it's like your your evenings planned perfectly. It's quiet. And all of a sudden. These two people come out of nowhere with muddy boots on, walk through your hallways, sit down and just say, you know what? We're going to throw a party in your house. Take your just shoes because, off. You know, you know, because, you know, we're, we're older and we know better. How is that going to make you feel? <laughs> you know, and they're like, yeah, I kind of get what you well, then, That's exactly what they did. And then you pile on to it. The fact that he sees them as reckless cowboys. So he's, you know, he like his, he smells bull a mile away. Yeah. Like, there's no way that these two guys are coming on to just, you know, run drills. Like, this right. is, and, and I know for a fact, and, you know, and this has come up in conversation too. It's, I don't think he holds, he understands that, 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 um, Picard becoming locutus or making decisions as locutus, um, realistically it was a possession it was he was mm -hmm. hijacked but i shaw goes their behavior prior to that in his opinion they were out in space poking bears and uh, and yeah. when you poke bears and bears claw you and then those claws then extend and start clawing other people because you've now enraged a bear he holds them responsible for that right um and and whether whether it's realistic or not whether it's realistic. I mean, he's literally suffering PTSD. And so 
his version of of the truth is very skewed because he lost people he loved because of the actions of the enterprise crew i think in some cases some people would argue well it's it's picard and Riker, and you're like well yeah but in you know as shar said you know this admiral picard retired <laughs> it was just so sharp and so literally true right people i think the audience were like how dare you talk oh, to Picard they, like that? They don't like that. No, no but I, I think it was, it was, it was, it was, it was like you said, it's the, the grit that, that, you know, makes the pearl and it made it yeah. a wonderful start for, uh, and it was, it was, it was refreshing. And, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's sort of, um, subverted expectation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I remember after, you know, seeing the the first few scenes, seeing Shaw in the first couple episodes, I remember turning to my wife and saying, this guy is pissing me off. Fun to watch, though. Real great to watch. And you have made mention of that on the show. I remember that was kind of yeah. like one of your things. You're like, I, I don't want to dislike him. I dislike him, but I know that it's going somewhere. I just have to be patient. Yeah, and I think I think we a lot of us were like that. And I think it was the beauty of the character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd, we have some questions uh, in the uh in the chat for you uh jennifer is asking did you have any homework for your role or not since you're a trekkie my father who is a trekkie and the reason why i'm a trekkie furthermore wants to know if you actually watched the episodes as yeah. like a fan oh yeah i mean like i said it's it, it's uh it like i have all my migos right here <laughs> um, um i i i am a i'm a bona fide uh, Trek nerd. I, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of them. I mean, I think I was not a person, and especially back then, we would watch the episode and then we'd talk about it, but it wasn't like uh, I, I didn't have it on repeat view or anything like that. And I was, you know, I was pursuing my life as an actor uh, in those early 90s. And so I didn't really, I, I was outside chasing my own dreams. Um, that being said, uh, in answer to the first part of the question, yes, I did rewatch uh, Best of Both Worlds uh, Part 1 and 2 as part of my homework uh, to prep to go, wow, where's the USS Constance in this? Yeah. Yeah. Where is... Uh, <laughs> and that's a fun fact. The USS Constance is named after uh, a painting from 12 Monkeys. Um which was then in turn named after one of uh, the women who worked on the crew. Uh, there's a lot of 12 Monkeys uh, Easter eggs all throughout season three of Picard. Well, Brandon, we have time for about one last question. And, uh, <clears throat> and we're going to have to uh, wrap up the show. You're up, Brandon. Oh, wow. I he was so enthralled. I, nope. Yeah, he was oh, so man, enthralled by, had, by uh, Okay. Um, let's talk about a different place geographically. Uh, but no, I actually, um, that was all of my questions. I'll talk I, about Middle oh, Earth. Oh, go that's great. deep on Tolkien. Can, I just finished the Silmarillion. Oh, oh nice. Nicely done. Yeah. That is phenomenal. So this is this tapestry. I I always have to give credit. I am I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. This tapestry is actually my wife's. Um, and, uh, she's the kind of amazing person who you can just sort of throw a question to and she'll be like, well, I don't know the answer, but, and then she answers the question. No, you, that's yeah. You just know. Yeah. I have a, I have a rug of the Shire, uh, in my nerd lair. That's fantastic. (laughs) My my mouse pad is middle earth right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great mouse pad. (laughs) I've shown you this before. You have. Yeah. So uh, yeah. next time, uh, next time we have you on, Brandon, and, and next time we have these fine gentlemen on, we'll talk a little bit more Lord of the Rings, you know, and uh, and and Middle Earthy stuff because sounds like Todd can go a couple rounds with geekery. 
I, I think I'm sure Dave could too. I actually hold the record for the most photos taken in Hobbiton in one 24 hour period of time. What? I had my, my birthday party there for my 50th birthday party under the birthday tree. In Mata Mata? Yeah. It oh my God. Gorgeous. I love Mata Mata. Dude. Yes. I am yeah. hoping to get like, there this year. I have like 5,000 photos that I took. Like I had three different cameras and uh, it was uh, insane. Oh, did, a, did the whole tour, got a VIP so, tour of do the dinner. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My goal is to to uh, get the gentleman that did the Hobbits, um, all of the the fellowship tattoos. Uh-huh. I'm, gonna, I'm getting the Tree of Gondor. Yes, uh, put here. Cool. I want to do it in New Zealand from that person. Oh, that's amazing! If they're it's listening, seven, <laughs> seven yeah, stones my, and one white tree. There my wedding go. band is actually the one ring made by the guy who made, made dude. It. Dude, keep it, keep it secret, keep it safe. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I love how we turned the show into a Star Trek show to the Lord of the Rings show, and all the fans are out there in the chat loving it. Uh, yelling nerds at us, uh, oh, Nick, yeah. uh, Nick, who works for Star Trek Online of all things, is right, yelling gonna, nerds at us. We're gonna have to get some kind of campaign going, whether it's D D or Lord of the Rings or something, when we go to Vegas. Um, yeah, so I'll play D D in Vegas. Yeah. Absolutely. We should we should roll some. We should roll some characters uh, there. All right. So um, I'm sorry we have to wrap up the show, but uh, I just wanted to say thank you, Dave. And thank you, Todd. Uh, this show, uh, I mean, it was magical because it went like directions I never thought it would go to. I mean, we went to like <laughs> we went to Hanover home, Park. You know, we went to hometown for Todd. We, we went, went to, to uh, Park, Hobbiton. Illinois. You know, we uh, and, and Dave gave us the magical connection between Blue Steak and one lone cook Thanks, who Dave. became Great a seeing you, Dave. pilot extraordinaire. <laughs> I actually, we only barely saw us like three times. But I know. I only saw Dave maskless a few times. Okay. No, thank you guys for being here so much. It's very Thanks special to us. us. And uh, this is this is our wrap-up show for Picard, not only season three, but the series in general. I mean, it's been a magical journey. It really has. And, and uh, the, the goodbyes are tough. And uh, we've had several, just kind of like the end of Return of the King. You know, so we are... We're squarely in Hobbiton. There's going to be no scouring of the Shire. Can I finish with one real quick story? In this Absolutely. To, to Dave. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm home watching uh, episode nine with my wife, and uh, and I had not seen it, and, and I'm watching me cradled in the arms of, of Jerry, and I'm watching him dying, and I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm doing I'm just watching, you know, and it's emotional. It's wonderful. The music's swelling, and I'm good. I'm good. And then about a scene and a half later, when those bay doors open and we see the Enterprise, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> It can That's do that. That's when I lost it. And when Riker goes, we're the crew of the Enterprise. I'm like, yes, you are. Yep. You so yep. are. Yep. <laughs> I was a puddle. Uh, but yeah, my own demise didn't, didn't move me much. But seeing the crew back on the, on the, on the, on the bridge uh, wrecked me. That's, and, and that's exactly what Doug was saying. Doug was like, if you want Starship love again, you're going to love Picard season three because it really yeah. did return to the Starship love. So, I like gentlemen, your shirt, Dave. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. in the hat too. I'm re- representing. I have my ship right there. <laughs> you already there you go. got it. Yeah, I got the. I got Yay! The did you, Todd? Did you see my shirt? What does it say? Mission Chicago. I want it's, that. It's a Chicago Enterprise. I know. It's got it's a two. Deep it's got a deep dish and two hot dogs. <laughs> You know, Holly was telling me that uh, she had a bad deep dish pizza experience the last time she was there. So we have to 
We're gonna have to the, fix the, that. The Chicago that. show last April, I was like, I, I love pizza. I need to get a deep dish. I've never had one in Chicago. I've never been to Chicago. And uh-huh. and I went out with one of the licensees and uh I was like, this is not impressive. And I was talking to a friend about it and I was like, it's it was like soggy and, and raw in the middle. And he was like, That's not mm-hmm. how it should have been. I think you got a bad deep dish. And I was like, That's yeah. my there only experience go. though. Not that I want you to uh We'll take care of you. Don't you okay. worry about that. You All said, right. so Holly looked at the place. You said it was uh, Paisano's. Paisano's. Out there by McCormick Center. So We're going to have a conversation. Okay. There we go. And uh, Dave says in chat, uh, he mentions Lou Malnati's. Lou's is my favorite. Yep. I know that you have Lou's other favorites, good. but Giordano's I know Lou's. is good. Yep, Giordano's. Yep. It's good. Nancy's is good. Leona's is good. Gino's East in LA is yeah. good. Oh, wait. There's one here? Uh-huh. On oh. uh, Riverside. Oh, okay. We're yeah. gonna have a Those we're gonna have pieces. a conversation. Now you can get real. So so pizza. for the finale, I watched it in my house with Terry, Walter Koenig, myself, and we ordered deep dish. There you go. Where'd you get oh, from this place? Gino's East. From Gino's? Yeah. Okay. Gino's on Riverside. East. Okay. All right. On Riverside Drive, yeah. Good enough. I feel like I, I mean I just feel like I've been duped. I feel like it's it, like deep dish pizza has been misrepresented for fault. me. It's not your fault. No. It's Python's fault. Yeah. You went to one place. Yeah. No offense to Paisano's. I'm sure they're doing booming business. You probably just did a, a one-off pizza, which is terrible. You know? No, I like did, a, which is yeah, why I was like, a, oh, maybe I maybe, just... Yeah. Maybe you had an angry chef that day. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I thought, and my having no sort of comparison, I was like, is this just the way that it is? Because this is unimpressive. And then somebody's like, no, that's not. And I was like, oh, well... We'll, t- we'll take care of you, Holly. Right. Okay. So to all the Chicagoans out there that are listening to our, our pizza wrap-up for the show, <laughs> tell us how we can take care of Holly, because this cannot stand. Um, but until then, though, I'm sorry that I have to wrap up the show, guys, but we are we are a little bit out of time. Please stick around for the after party if we have one. And uh, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the inestimable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcast. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to Dave Blast. Thank you to Todd Stashwick. And of course, thank you to Holly for being here all of these weeks that we covered Star Trek Picard Season 3. Now, remember, we're going to be off for a few weeks as we realign the bridge chairs to get ready for our coverage for Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2. So thanks, everyone, for supporting us for all of these live shows. And we will see you Uh, Next time will be June 12th. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.